So normally my videos are targeted toward progressives or left liberals who are new to the idea of socialism and want to learn more about what it is and, and learn some socialist political theory. Today I want to address a slightly different group of people. I want to address people who are maybe older and whose politics are more center liberal or conservative. So today is, well it might be yesterday by the time I post this, but so today is September 11th, 2021. It is the 20th anniversary of the attacks on the World Trade Center. And for a lot of uh, people who were old enough to remember the attack, you know, you guys are probably processing a lot of big feelings and a lot of trauma today. But you may have noticed that some of your younger millennial and Gen Z relatives or people of that demographic you encounter online are responding to the event in, like, mockery. Just, they're just having a fun time, really. There are plenty of memes about the attacks on the Twin Towers that I've seen. Like, there's one where, like, Mike Myers, dressed as Cat in the Hat, is, like, uh, coming up to the, the towers with a baseball bat. There's another one where somebody colored the smoke to make it look like a, a gender reveal party gone wrong. There's lots of George Bush ones, you know, about how he was the obvious mastermind. I do think the George Bush ones are pretty funny. Like, that, that is pretty funny. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm sorry. I can't help it. And to you, this might look like some sadistic glee that comes with brushing off this tragedy. You might feel, like, really absolutely baffled why someone would think that kind of joke is funny or struggling to understand where these kids get off, like, mocking this kind of trauma. And the point of this video is I'm going to explain that to you to explain the mindset that is causing this sentiment. I'm going to ask you to maybe set aside your feelings of hurt and anger for a second to try to have a little bit more of an objective understanding of what is going on in this other group of people's heads and maybe offer a new point of view about the situation maybe you haven't really considered before. First of all, I think one of the more important things to remember is that history heals with time. The pain of events of the past isn't going to have the same effect for future generation as it does to the contemporary generation. And this is just an inescapable fact of life. If you're in the baby boomer demographic, your emotional response to remembering the downing of the World Trade Center is probably a lot stronger than how you feel when you think about, say, the attack on Pearl Harbor or the First World War or the Battle of Gettysburg. Of course, all of these historical events were acts of violence. And morally speaking, all of these events differ from one another because of the number of people who were attacked and the reason that those acts of violence happened. But that's based on the situation. It's not controlled by time. You know, we can all understand on an intellectual level that things that happen to people today are not somehow more important or more significant than things that happened a long time ago. The Great Depression isn't any less of an awful thing that happened than poverty and starvation that happens today. 
But the cold hard truth is the emotional impact that it has in our less rational part of the brain is just not going to be the same. It's just not. And that's not really something that we can control. You know, sometimes I get really upset thinking about things that happened in the past. You know, I like read stories about, I don't know, one time, I don't know what I was doing. I was Googling pictures of the Battle of Stalingrad. And you know, this is something that happened halfway across the world long, long, long time before my parents were even born. But you know, it still bummed me out and ruined the rest of my day because, you know, the people in those photographs, as they walked through their ruined town, as they, you know, sat on the battlefield tired from war and wondering what was going to happen next, you know, their thoughts and feelings don't matter any less than people who are alive today in my own country. But also I can turn off my computer and like walk away from it. It's over, it's done with, and you know, I don't have to live with the impact of it. There are plenty of adults today who were either very, very young when the attacks happened and they couldn't really understand what was going on, or they weren't even born yet. And you could say, oh, well, they're just dumb kids. They don't know what they're talking about. They don't appreciate it because they're young and ignorant. But the truth is, you know, the fact that they don't have this emotional reaction, that's not going to change as they get older. As they grow up to be 30, 40, 50, they only age forward in time. They don't age backward. So they're never going to actually, you know, have that same experience of living through the event. To them, the attacks on September 11th are always going to be just one more photo in a textbook. Just one more thing on a list of many, many horrible things that have happened to people throughout the course of human history. That's not going to change with maturity. People of all ages today make jokes about the bubonic plague in Europe, even though it was arguably one of like the worst human tragedies that ever happened, and it wiped out like one third of the entire population on the continent. You know, nobody gets angry at you for not crying over those people's deaths. But of course, even though it's just a cold hard fact that not everyone is going to have the same emotional reaction to something, that doesn't necessarily mean we can't all agree on an intellectual level that an event was tragic or that an event was serious and should not necessarily be joked about. I didn't live through the bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. You know, I didn't live through the Holocaust but it still would be pretty shitty of me if I were to go and just be making memes about those things, if I was just going and mocking the events. I mean, I think there is a way to do humor about a dark and serious topic that is still respectful, but obviously there's a thin line. So the fact that these kids weren't old enough to remember the event itself, that doesn't explain why they have this like almost sadistic glee about making jokes about the event. So where does that come from? And I believe that it is anger, not on the attack itself, but on the aftermath. So these kids, they don't remember the events that triggered the war on terror, but they do remember the war. So young Americans today have spent pretty much the entirety of their lives in wartime. They've heard countless stories of the events in Iraq and Afghanistan. They've seen plenty of war zone photographs. They've seen memorials for U.S. soldiers who have died. They may even know someone who died or know someone who knows someone who died. 
And they've heard the ugly stories too. They've heard about, you know, horrible practices at places like Abu Ghraib and CIA black sites. They've heard about, you know, the drone strike program, and they've heard the statistics about the number of civilians who get killed in these drone strikes. And they've heard statistics about people who've died in these wars. So I'm going to look it up later and post the correct numbers on the screen, but to my knowledge, in Afghanistan and Iraq, the U.S. military has lost about four or 5,000 soldiers. And civilians in Iraq and Afghanistan, their deaths total between maybe 500,000 and 1.5 million. So that's a lot of people. So even if we're just looking at the deaths of Americans, way more people have died in the war responding to the attacks on September 11th than the actual attacks. And when you add the civilian deaths on top of it, that's awful. You know, it's just awful. And, you know, you can argue, well, all those people were killed by the enemy team. The U.S. soldiers didn't kill any of those people. Well, even if that's true, first of all, we're the ones who invaded. Therefore, we're the ones who started the war. Therefore, we have responsibility. Second of all, like, that's not true. The United States does indeed kill civilians. And you know, if you're someone who believes yourself to be like a really strong patriot and being an American is an important part of your identity, if you're someone who's always had a lot of respect for the military, hearing that statement can be really, really painful. And you might get really, really upset hearing me say that. But just because it upsets you doesn't necessarily mean it's not true. You know, every single major country on this earth kills civilians when it invades other countries. That's just how it is. And it's silly to think that America would somehow be an exception. And the other thing about this is that, you know, in the past, when if we wanted to learn about what was going on in a war overseas, we relied on either the military and the information it released and their press releases the government and their press releases. Sometimes foreign governments might release a statement to the press, or we would rely on reporters from our country, from major news institutions, major corporate news institutions. Obviously, the mainstream media and the government and the military are going to try to tell stories that make the U.S. military look good. Sometimes media will tell stories that kind of challenge the narrative a little bit, but you almost never hear stories that go the whole 180 and say the U.S. military and the U.S. government are, like, really bad and we shouldn't trust them at all. Those are, in the past, have been our main sources, but nowadays people are connected to the internet, and we don't have to rely on institutions for information anymore. You know, you want to know what's happening in, I don't know, pick a random country, India. You could go through the American newspapers and news websites and try to find information on India. Or you could go on Facebook, message your internet buddy who lives in India and say, hey, what's going on over there? And they'll be like, oh, it's crazy, yo. Uh, you know, Modi is awful and I hate him. And 
anything that you might expect an Indian person to say. Obviously, there's a lot of Indians who like Modi and a lot of ones who don't, but because, you know, their politics is just as complicated as our politics. And Afghanis and Iraqis also have access to social media. And, you know, since these are poor countries, not everybody has necessarily the best access to the internet, but that doesn't mean there is no internet access. The guy who threw the shoe at George W. Bush, he has a Twitter. So we don't have to wait around to hear information from institutional sources about what's happening. We can actually talk to people who are there. And who is a young person going to believe? Do you want to believe this big, huge government and politicians who have all of these wealthy corporate donors? Do you want to believe the military who has always historically kept secrets from the public? That's just what militaries and governments do. They keep secrets to the public. They all lie to their public. You know, are you going to trust those people? I mean, I don't particularly want to trust them. Or are you going to trust an ordinary person who lives a life not unlike yours, where they go to school, go to work, uh, play video games, hang out with their families, have hobbies? I personally would much rather hear what that guy has to say. In the internet age, people's nationality just doesn't really matter anymore. <laughs> I think a lot of young people today, not only are people's Facebook friends not limited to people they know in real life, but they're also not even limited to people within their own country. You know, I have a lot of Facebook friends from the United States, but also Mexico, Canada, England, uh, Germany, Poland, and I have Facebook friends from Asia too. Like, you know, I know some people in India, I know people in Israel and Palestine. Is there really any reason to believe that someone from a foreign country is any less trustworthy of a source than somebody from your own country? I mean, I don't think so, because people are people wherever you go. And, you know, you can make your own choice about whether or not you would want to be internet friends with somebody from that country. But the truth is, a lot of young people today are internet buddies with people from all sorts of different parts of the world. And because of that, they are being exposed to a narrative that they're not hearing in the corporate press a very different narrative than one that older people hear who have more insular social media circles. Young people in America are hearing a completely other side of the story. And whether you want to believe that other side or not is your choice, but that sort of the story does exist and young people here are hearing it. And living through wartime is traumatic. It is. It's obviously not the same type of trauma as experiencing the war up close and personal, you know, as actually being in a war zone or a combat zone. But, you know, I do think it is possible to have, like, secondhand trauma, because when you hear about other people experiencing those things, like, for example, you probably feel some trauma regarding the September 11th attacks, even though statistically speaking, you probably were not in New York when it happened. You probably just saw it on TV. These young people, they're hearing these stories about the horrors of war. They're watching this war drag on and on and on for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. 
And, you know, they're not seeing any tangible results or benefits from the war. Yeah, we haven't really had a major terrorist attack since September 11th. But also, from what we understand from stuff we hear from the days before September 11th, major terrorist attacks weren't really that common back then either. And, you know, we do have a lot of terrorism in the United States, that's true. But the vast majority of it seems to come from people within the country, you know. Americans commit way more uh, terrorist attacks against Americans than foreigners do. You know, you're much more likely to get blown up by a white supremacist than uh, a Muslim immigrant. We don't feel any safer because of the war. We don't see any evidence that our military's presence in those countries is actually helping people there. How could it be when civilians are getting killed by the U.S. military? When we get to hear from people from those countries themselves talk about how they don't like the Americans being there. And obviously, you know, Iraq and Afghanistan, their politics are just as complicated as our politics. You know, those countries also have their liberals and their conservatives and their leftists and their fascists. Everybody there is going to have a different opinion. So yeah, there probably are people from both countries who do like the U.S. presence, but that might not necessarily be the majority of people there. So young people, they don't see the benefits either for themselves or people elsewhere. They see that it's costing so much money. Defense budgets are just through the roof. Meanwhile, our infrastructure is crumbling. We have a huge crisis in uh, student loans and debts, rising healthcare costs, rising housing costs, lots of homelessness and poverty. Like They're like, what, what the heck? What is all this money being spent on, you know? They don't see any benefit to it, but they do see things at home that desperately could use some funding and aren't getting funding. And they're just seeing all of this violence and all of this death, and they're thinking, like, what's the point? And, you know, that's traumatic, having to live through that and witness that, even if it's not, like, traumatic in, like, an immediately visceral, in-your-face kind of way. It's, you know, like a more of a dollar sort of trauma you experience over time. This is what these young people are seeing and they're hearing about ongoing contemporary events of the world they live in. And so, with that perspective in mind, imagine how they would feel listening to older Americans talk about the September 11th attacks. The first thing they hear is that these attacks are kind of like the worst tragedy that has ever happened to this country. We need to never forget it and we need to always be angry at the perpetrators and we have to always be ready to defend ourselves from something like this ever happening ever again. Well, if you're a young person, First of all, you've never seen any attack like that happen since September 11th, and you don't know of any stories where any attack like that happened before September 11th either. So while it was a truly awful thing that happened, you, the young person, don't necessarily have the emotional trauma response to it. So you're thinking objectively, you know, you're doing the math. Okay, 3,000 people died in a singular act of violence. All right, well... Um, before COVID health precautions, 20,000 people every year were dying of influenza. During COVID, I think it's rapidly approaching 1 million Americans who have died of COVID. 
Think about the number of people who die of heart disease. Think about the number of people who have mental health problems and commit suicide every year. And also think about that 3,000 people who died in September 11th attacks and compare it to the four or 5,000 American soldiers who have died afterwards and the 0.5 to 1.5 million civilians who have died in Afghanistan and Iraq since then. So while 9-11 was awful, objectively speaking, there are a lot of other things that are just as awful that just don't really seem to get the same amount of attention. And that doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense to young people. And the other thing young people are seeing is how angry 9-11 makes older people and how that anger translates into war. They're seeing how whenever people talk about 9-11, it's always in the context of the need or supposed need to invade other countries and fight bad guys, which may or may not exist in far off places away from America. And, you know, as I have just explained, young people, at least the pretty big majority of young people I know personally, do not like the war in Iraq and Afghanistan. So, you know, anybody who is trying to justify that war, you know, that person is going to be really annoying to them. And they're going to absolutely roll their eyes at any sort of justification that one person tries to use to justify the war. So they think the whole discourse around 9-11 is just absolutely ridiculous and stupid. And they see it only as an excuse to justify violence. That's the only thing they see it as. And so with that in mind, why wouldn't they mock it? You know, if somebody had like a grievance against you from 20 years ago, but they used it to continually and continually hurt you in some way, or to continually use it to justify some sort of bad behavior, you're going to want to mock them when they bring up that grievance again, even if it was a legitimately bad grievance, you know? If uh, Sally from high school decides to call you up and say one day, you bullied me once 20 years ago, you would probably say, I'm sorry. But if Sally continues to call you up year after year after year, uh, if Sally slashes the tires of your car or stalks you and follows you around, you know, you're going to start caring less and less and less about the pain that Sally experienced while she was being bullied because she's being disproportionate about it. You know, the, the tragedy isn't being in line with the revenge you would probably start to make fun of Sally bringing up that grievance about the bullying. And that's how young people feel about 9-11. And that's why they make memes about it instead of mourning it as a tragedy. And again, you may not agree with that assessment. You might be of the belief that the U.S. military does a lot of good in the world or that the war on terror has kept us safer. If that's how you feel, that's your opinion. But you need to understand that the people making these memes, they don't feel that way. And you know, and this goes up to a lot of questions that a lot of older people have been asking is why do young people seem to hate America so much? Like, how is it that this patriotic fervor that we learned growing up that doesn't seem to appeal to young Americans? 
and I can explain that one too. First of all, again, because the internet is international, you know, the people they talk to on a regular basis, the people they interact with, the people they converse with, and whose stories they hear are from an international community. So the idea of your nationality being something that's like significantly important or a defining characteristic of who you are, that doesn't really make a lot of sense to young people who grew up in the internet age. The idea of patriotism just doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, the fact that I'm American, okay, well, that's kind of a, that's kind of a weird thing to be proud of. That's not an accomplishment that I'm American. That's just a circumstance of my birth. And you know from talking to people elsewhere in the world, America isn't really that different than other countries in terms of what it's like to live here, in terms of what Americans are like. Ordinary people live here, ordinary people live there. But I think the main reason why a lot of young people hate America is because of atrocities our government has committed and bad things that have been done in America's name young people are hearing stories of all of this violence and nastiness that is being perpetrated by our government and other abuses that have happened here in this country. And you know, we have a history of racism and genocide and our military committing war crimes. A more politically developed, a more educated person would say, okay, yeah, but, you know, that doesn't make us unique. That's just kind of a political reality of this particular epoch in human history. But a younger person hears those stories and they also hear that a lot of these acts are done in the name of America. So the war in Iraq, it's not necessarily just, oh, we're going to go get some people who did 9-11. The war in Iraq is always discussed as America asserting its Americaness to save America, and we're doing it because we're Americans, and Americans are the best of the whole world, and that's why we're doing it. And so, if that sort of activity is associated with America as a concept, then what are you going to feel about America as a concept? if you don't like those actions and behaviors that our government does supposedly in the name of America, you're going to start thinking that America is pretty fucking stupid. If loving my country means going and starting foreign wars in random places that don't have any positive effect for people at home or abroad, um, then America must be really awful. Because we have chosen as a country to associate our national identity with something that is kind of negative in the eyes of many people, that has damaged America's name. For one reason or another, we don't really make much of a distinction between the leaders of a society and the rest of the people living in society. So people get defensive when their leaders are criticized, and people associate the crimes of the leaders with the society as a whole. People who are more politically developed are more able to make that distinction, but most people in society seem to struggle with that, both on the left and the right. 
the vast, vast majority of atrocities that are committed in America or by Americans or by any other people around the world, wherever, are driven by the need or the desire of a wealthy and parasitic ruling class to assert some sort of control and domination for their own profit. People didn't keep slaves back in the old days in the South because they were mean, nasty Americans. They did it because um, keeping slaves is a really good way to get really, really rich. So to bring it back to the topic of the War on Terror, in our popular discourse, there doesn't really seem to be any distinction whatsoever between the actions of a government and the actions of the country itself. And even I have mixed those up. So people talk about how America invaded Iraq. But if you think about it, um, America didn't really invade Iraq. Uh, the vast majority of the 300 plus million people who make up America stayed home and continued about their lives. And a lot of them didn't even want the invasion to happen. The American government and the American military are the ones who invaded Iraq. And yeah, they had the support of a lot of the public. But it's not like America is a thing that you can really refer to as a singular noun. It's not like America is this unified, cohesive agent that acts in decisive unity. So we have this confusion from both sides. People who are against the war in Iraq, they're being told America is invading Iraq, and their only conclusion from that point that makes sense is, therefore, America must be bad. Meanwhile, people who support the war, who also think of it as America invading Iraq, they see any criticism of the war as anti-American. If you disagree with the actions of the U.S. military, that must somehow mean that you hate America. You know, you can hate the government and the military while still loving the other 300 plus million people who live here. But nobody really bothers to make that distinction. A lot of young people on the left don't actually hate America, they just hate the leaders. But people interpret that as hating America. And the ones on the left who do say that they hate America, that's because... They were told, hey, this is what America is. It's the group of people who invaded Iraq and did other XYZ bad things. And of course, that gets into a whole philosophical argument about whether or not the people who participate in society are complicit in the crimes of the ruling class. But that's a debate for another day. The point that I want to make here to finish up is... If you see these sort of memes, you know, making fun of 9-11, you know, you might feel really defensive and you might want to argue and you might want to get angry, but I want to encourage you to maybe instead try to think of it from the other person's perspective. Try to understand that this person is making these out of a sense of pain and hurts. And if you were in their situation, you probably would feel the same way. Um, again, whether or not you agree with it or not doesn't really matter because that is what is going through their heads. The way they're thinking and feeling isn't going to change just because you think it's stupid. And, you know, personally, 
I think that the war in Iraq was really, really awful, and the war in Afghanistan was really, really awful, and it was a terrible thing that never should have happened, and I think that all of the politicians and generals who initiated those wars and started those wars, I think all of them should be arrested, all of them should be put on trial for war crimes, and uh, that's what I think should happen. I think it was awful. Um, and whether you agree with me or not, doesn't matter. Um, I don't agree necessarily with these memes. I think they are insensitive, but I very, very much empathize with the pain and anger that they come from. And I'm asking you to find it in yourself to feel that empathy too.